What's up, guys? Matt Beeler here, local videographer from Grand Rapids, Michigan. You guys are listening to the 3.0 Podcast. Yeah, I'm pretty good at diverging a bit, so, you know, expect that we might get on a topic and then just, like, let it run. Exactly. First rule of being a videographer, or even a photographer, always have your camera with you, 24-7. You never know when the perfect shot's going to come about. If you're not ready for it, you're not going to get it. Were you always a videographer, or did you start up with camera work? No, so, um, I mean, I've always been in content creation, but I started out on the other side of the camera. So I grew up skating, and uh, I, I was blessed with a few sponsors, so we were always out there trying to, like, create content. And, like, I, I was just always in that mindset of, you know, how do we create something that's engaging for people and, like, exciting? And, I mean, that was even, that was when I was in middle school, really, it started, so, like, Back then in the MySpace days, people weren't creating social media content, but we were in that mindset of just like always filming and just always documenting and just like always creating really cool stuff. So to transition from that to now in a world to where almost all businesses are based around content creation, it's just like a perfect segue for me. So I've never really spent a lot of my life behind the camera, but I've spent a lot of time around the camera. And so it was an easy transition into now helping other people make this kind of content. Same, same. There's like a level of comfortability so just because you've been around. Like me, I started off probably PowerPoint in like middle school, just creating like little videos, you know, little PowerPoints, like little clips, which was fun. And then in high school, I was on the soccer team and I had this one free credit hour and I just made videos for the soccer team. Oh, that's dope. So we just, I just, you know, BS in poetry class, talk to the girls, make videos. <laughs> What's the first video you ever made? First video I ever made, it'd probably have to be first legit video. No, 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 no. First finished video. Not legit. First video to where you shot something, edited it up, Mm -hmm. and then posted it. I would have to say my first, like, officially, soccer team, my soccer, my senior year, we did, like, I would, like, get, try to get people pumped up for the week. So we'd make little um, soccer clips, little funny soccer clips. I was very into, like, serious and funny. Like, uh, The Office. You know what I mean? So shout out to Michael Scott, Thunder Mifflin. <laughs> so that's where I started off, man. And then ever since then, it's just... I got into editing for the content creation. Like, that's the reason why. Because you wanted content for yourself or making it for other people? Because before I ever wanted to be, like, a videographer, I'd, I have, like, my own little YouTube series, like, Motivation Mondays, that I would do for the gym. So, I mean... I don't have a cameraman. I don't have someone to edit. So it's kind of something you have to learn how to, like, res- you know, you got to use your resources. Yeah, it's just trial and error, really. Exactly. And then it became an art. So, like, every single time I'd make a video, I'm like, whoa, this is interesting. Like, nice. I got to make it more interesting. Like, I was thinking about this yesterday. I was like, I wanted to be, like, a le- like when it comes to videography, I wanted to be, like, that legendary streak graffiti artist. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get, like, super commercial and do, like, like not to bash. Like, you got to make your money. You got to make your paycheck at the end of the day. But... I want my 3.0 to be strictly art. Yeah, you want to have your own style, and people aren't paying you for your skills. They're paying you for your style. Exactly. That's, that's one of my biggest goals, too. You know, I, I, I see a lot of people in this industry, they're always pushing to be in the feature film industry. So, I mean, just like actors, like, you start off shooting commercials and stuff, and you just want to, everybody wants to work their way to shooting feature films and movies, and I think that's really cool and all, and, like, it's an amazing art form, but, like, that's not my goal, at least right now. Like, 
I want to I want to create videos in a way that again kind of kind of like you described kind of like the Banksy mm -hmm. of the world exactly. to where to where you're an artist first and then a videographer second exactly. and I, I think that's fascinating you know I want people to pay me because I have something very specific in my industry not because I'm good at the skills it takes to be in the industry like I think those are important and you have to have those skills to make the art but to like develop further, like not to go by the textbook. And I think that's one of the biggest benefits of not going to school. Is like, I've worked with a lot of people in this industry that have went to school for this and everything just seems so strict. You know, the settings are perfectly dialed in, your frame is textbook frame, and it just kinda takes away from the creativity of it. Like, I love trial and error with this, like setting up a frame, thinking it's about to be the best shot and it turns out complete crap. Or it's the opposite. You yeah. Think that crappy shot. It's just like, wow. I wish I would have, you know, held the camera a little longer there because that would have been even better than it was. Mm -hmm. It's those, and that's what I learned from you. Uh, the whole keep the camera rolling thing too, which really comes into play. Especially like, on the running gun shoots, like concerts and stuff. Like true. if you have it rolling and you're ready to go, like if someone starts just head banging on the rail like crazy, like you're already up in it. You're only working on getting the shot, not working on setting up the camera, getting your settings, hitting record, and then jumping in for the shot. You might have already missed it. True, true. Like, like to be able to jump in and get in their face right away, especially in situations like that, you're not going to miss the shot. That brings me on to the, so what, what do you prefer to use? Like what are you using? What are you packing? Um, so, what's your favorite piece of equipment? Because as a cameraman or you know videographer, I know that we carry lots of different things. Yeah, and everybody's every different. Yeah, everybody. Could, I mean, you could have two people shooting the exact same thing yeah. and have completely different bags. So my everyday carry right now um, consists of I, I run a super small bag, something I can carry with me everywhere. Um, running a Sony A7S II, which is my favorite camera on the market for video. Um, and then along with that, I run a road mic typically, and then... Um, shotgun or...? Yeah, um, well, not necessarily a shotgun mic, but um, just an external mic. Um, I guess it would be called a shotgun, I guess. Um, and then I run a crane, zim or a crane gimbal, which is perfect for all the smooth shots. Um, something light, too. I, I like having the gimbal because I can carry it with me all night long and always be able to get those shots. But there's, like, downfalls, too. I was talking to somebody today, and he's like, you know, can you shoot this event... But then also grab pictures. And I'm like, ah, if I was shooting handheld, yes. Mm -hmm. But since I choose to use a gimbal, it's it's, it's all tough. it's yeah, it's video or nothing. Like yeah. I can't take it off my gimbal, get a couple shots, put it back on, because I'm gonna I'm gonna miss either the good pictures or I'm gonna miss the good video. Um, so I kind of take that route, and I like doing video more than anything, anyways. So <laughs> shout out to video. Yeah, exactly. Nice. It's something about the movement, like movement, like you know, I'm a very I don't know what would I say. Active person, so it's like pictures. I never got it in it for pictures. That's why I mean now this is like what I really care is like the Sony. I don't even know what it's called. Handycam. You got an Handy actual cam. video camera now. Like that. That yeah. is taking the step to like. All right, I'm only gonna do video. Exactly. So I had it on my Instagram for a little bit, and it was just like no, not a photographer, videographer, but the fact that I have a camera and it's so just symbolic of taking pictures. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> Let me see how Yeah, so I don't know. Camera, taking pictures. I get asked too many times to take pictures. I don't like to get asked to take pictures. So now I have a, a camcorder. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I always wanted a, a shirt to wear at concerts that says, I don't take pictures. 
or something like that. Just something along those lines I because yeah, if I'm at a concert and I'm shooting with my gimbal, I'm not gonna. I'll take a video clip, but it always ends up them posing like I am taking a picture, and it's like, all right, now I can't even use the shot. I was gonna use the shot of you smiling or cheersing your drink, but that was a good waste of a couple seconds. Right. I use those shots sometimes. Kind of funny. I have a lot of shots like mm-hmm. that in Puerto Rico. See, I like them if you do like a good movement. Like if they're smiling, you like a pushing on their face. Those shots are nice, but. It, I just hate when they're like, get a shot of me, and then they just stand still. And I'm like, no, dance, move, <laughs> do something, anything for the camera. Do it for the gram. I did have someone give me 20 bucks at Electric City, though, to take pictures. I was like, gladly, I'll take a couple pictures, send them to you. That's funny. I, uh, I had this idea last year at Electric Forest um, to walk around after hours and, like, offer, like, like two or five dollar, like, instant pictures. But, that would be actually that's a really smart idea. Yeah, shoot it with your camera, super high quality, like a you know a professionally taken picture. But then I, I just transferred over to my phone real quick, edited it up in uh in like Lightroom Mobile or something, and then send it to them right there on the spot, and they just hand me a couple dollars cash. You got to link up during Electric Forest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're gonna go around. Hustle, man. bro, hustle, make that money. They make that money, or just walk around with a flashlight. You find a lot of stuff. Oh, I know. <laughs> I love Forest. Have you ever been to Forest before? Yeah, so this year, so this year is gonna be my eighth year, Dang. seventh or eighth. Yeah, but it's not as cool as it sounds. I was usually, I usually worked it. Oh, okay. I've so, never actually attended no. Electric Forest as a as like a camper. Yeah, exactly. I've only ever, I've only ever worked it on the video side of things, which I don't think I could ever attend it as an actual festival goer. No, no. I've I've seen too much behind the scenes of Electric Forest and like been in all of the action to where like. You're I don't good. think I could just chill all week. I know this like this year like I'm going um, I'm going with my lady and it's her first time, so she really she's not really into that scene so she wants to explore all the artistic side of it so I'm very very like excited to go and actually be able to film it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So I think I'll be I'll be there with Chaff or you know with media mm-hmm. and then um, yeah. I'm actually excited to kind of see the story behind it. Because, you know, it's always, you know, parties and all this stuff. Yeah. You get sick of it after a while. Yeah. No, Electric Force is a great festival for somebody that doesn't necessarily um, go to a lot of EDM concerts or anything like that because there's so much art and there's so many, like, little events like the... um, like the women's group they have there, like that's something really cool and artistic. Um, the guided meditations, um, the chapel. There's just so much stuff that doesn't have anything to do with music necessarily that you don't necessarily have to be a fan of the artist to still enjoy the festival. That's true. True. Not to mention all the stuff that's going on just around, like the people, mm-hmm. the costumes, all the experiences you have with people. It's funny because like you plan on go like. I've run into so many friends there, like I didn't expect to see. Nice. And then when it's like it's like you're on ecstasy. Yeah, you just stay happy the whole time. Like <laughs> exactly. it's just a smile all throughout the whole weekend. Surprisingly, even though Electric Force is so close, the last two years, I really didn't run into anybody. I mean, maybe because it was I was moving so consistently, and we were just always on the go every day. But for how much time we spent in the festival grounds, I mean, open to close every single day. And, you know, always in the action. I thought I'd run into so many people I knew, but every year it happens the same way. I never see anybody. <laughs> who, do you, who do you work for when you go there? Um, so you- I work with Synesthetics um, when I went the last couple years. Um, I, I was really blessed and got the opportunity um, two years ago um, to where they let me come on and do the Instagram and Snapchat stories. Dang. And so I basically got to, like, explore. Dude, that's awesome. And, yeah, it was the coolest gig ever and like I was still really early in like learning how to do video production 
And so being able to work with this team that is so high level and like making these amazing recap videos, it was just like such a blessing to be around them and like seeing their workflow, seeing how many people it took. I mean, we had a team of like 20 people last year, just on the video crew. And I mean, that, that's a huge team. And to like know that it really takes that many people and the amount of work that we put in every day just to create these few videos is just mind-blowing. You guys are covering a lot. Everything. You know, like I think it was three different video teams last year. Um, every team had three to four people on it. And uh, I mean, yeah, it was, it's really well organized and they really do cover everything. They do such a great job. And I mean, that's why they've had the gig for the last seven or eight years shooting forest and I don't know it's a great experience and like I've loved every second of it okay what was your coolest experience there um coolest experience I think it has to go back to two years ago when I did the Instagram and Snapchat stories because I I was just on my own like they kind of just sent me out and they were like you know on, on one of the platforms shoot it as a festival goer and then on the other platform shoot it as more like promotional stuff so showing off the cool things that are happening and that was probably one of the best experiences. Um, but even this last year, like I got teamed up with two of the lead editors from Red Camera. And to be able to watch them troubleshoot through the problems they had with the Red and, and just watch them actually use the Red was just phenomenal. Like I, I was just like sucked you in. I was like, teach goals. me. Yeah, I was like, teach me everything. <laughs> I, I, am, I am your assistant. I will do anything you need. Like I'll carry the camera all day. Like just let me learn. And That's how I was with Ben at the intersection. I was oh, like, yeah. The first time I met Ben, I was like, Ben, let me hold your camera, man. <laughs> first couple of shows I shot there, I followed him around. I was like, teach me your angles. Because he's the master of that area. You know, the whole venue, place. yeah. So like, every shot he was at, like, I made sure the next time I'm there, I'm like going to see that angle. Mm-hmm. Or see it from his perspective. Or get on this weird beam. Yeah. Like, up there, just like... The perfect angle. I know I always try to brainstorm a little with him before each show. Like if I catch him before the show starts, just like, you know, what's your game plan? How are you going to shoot this? Let me, let me work off you a little bit because you're the man. I mean, that's, it's all really comes from experience. I mean, he gets to shoot there so many times a week and it just becomes easy. It's like just mindless at some point to where you already know the angles you're going to shoot. You just go in there and do the job. Yeah. Or when to do it. Perfect. And like, I love the way that he shoots, um, at least recently, how he just kind of like shows the show for what it is. Like he doesn't necessarily make it look more full or like look packed. He just kind of like shoots it for exactly what it is. And I kind of really respect that because I've shot a bunch of shows to where there was like really no one there, but I made it look like an insanely hype show. That's the, you know, the blessing of, of shooting content is you can make it look like whatever you want. That's true. That's the, that's the art for sure. Like, that's why I like making these recap videos or pumping out specific, like, artistic videos because, like, dude, not everyone sees the world from your view. Mm-hmm. So, like, you kind of give them, like, that glimpse. And some people's views are, like, insane. Like, I go through, I have days where I just, like, save a couple videos and look back on them just because, like, ooh, I want to add that to my bag, you know, my arsenal with mm-hmm. tricks. Like, your shot where you came in, coming in like this with your gimbal on chaff with the smoke and stuff, or, I was like, wow. I want to try to shoot that one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I do that. I do that all the time. Like I was on a photo shoot on Thursday last week, I think maybe someday. I don't know. I lose track of all my days. They all just kind of melt together. Um, but yeah, I've seen a frame that uh, I've seen, uh, you know who Eric Lachie is, the owner of carbon stories. 
No. It's a uh, media company out of Grand Rapids. Like, there's this one frame he always shoots in front of uh, in front of Madcap, and he posted this picture last week of uh, one of their artists like walking across the crosswalk. And uh, as we were walking around downtown, I was like, you know, I'm gonna try to shoot this frame too, maybe a little bit different. But I took inspiration from how he shot. And, and the same things happen in so many situations. Like, uh, there's this guy named Gordatron, who uh, I think he lives in Detroit now, but he was living in Grand Rapids last summer. And uh, he shot this picture from inside the art museum in Grand Rapids of the reflection pool. And it was such a beautiful shot with these reflections off the water and off the walls. And then there was all these buildings in the distance. And uh, it, it was just such this amazing frame for this picture. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to the art museum and I'm gonna try to recreate this, but differently. So like I went there at a different time of the day um, during sunset and shot it from a little bit different of an angle. It's still essentially the same piece of art, but just made in my own way. Was it like more golden? Yeah, it was super golden. The picture turned out phenomenal. I am in love with it. But again, it wasn't my original idea. It was inspiration I took from a different artist. And I mean, it took skill to be able to capture the picture the way I did. So it wasn't like I just went out there and snapped it. I went out there, I snapped probably like 40. And then one was it. Do you have that on Instagram? Yeah, here, I'll show you real quick. Yeah, you got to send me that. We're going to have to repost that picture. <laughs> Dude, I love it. It's one of my favorite pictures I've ever taken. I mean, I wish I could say I, I just happened to walk across the spot and just, like, seen the perfect frame. But, no, I was inspired by somebody and uh, went out and executed it. And I, I think there is a little bit of, like, um, there's, like, an area in this industry to where, like, People are so quick to be like, oh, you copied so-and-so or like, or like you're copying Gary Vee with like your style of content. It's like, no, I'm just, I'm taking notes from what I observe in the world and how people are growing their businesses. And then I, you know, I'm trying it out for myself. Like just because you got a commercial on TV and then someone else started doing commercials on TV doesn't necessarily mean they copied you. They just noticed what you were doing, seen that it's working and then implemented it in their own way. Very true. Very true. Like picking up what, what's gonna help you out and dropping the rest. Exactly. I mean, everyone has a different winning combination. You know what I mean? There's still a way to win. Yeah, and two people could do way. it exactly the same way, and one person fail and the other person can succeed. There's so many different variables. Very true. Very true. I like that. Here you go. Oh snap! This is very nice. Holy cow! What, is this outside the art museum? It was shot from inside the art museum, out of the window. Be awesome to have someone standing there. I know that would be really cool. Is it like a deep pool or is it shallow? I don't know. We're gonna have to climb that. I mean, ask for forgiveness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do first, ask later. That's a lot. I feel like as a as a videographer with your B roll, sometimes it gets pretty dangerous. Sometimes. So, um, did you fall on that last video? I just gotta ask you. <laughs> I know the, Truthfully, the no, I didn't fall. <laughs> it just it was it was good camera movement. And he just happened to say there. It was one of those things to where when I was in post, I found it when I was just going through clips. And I was like, wouldn't this be funny? Okay, it was and, funny because it worked. <laughs> yeah, it did. You know, added a, a little sound effect in of me hitting, you know, hitting something. And, uh, and it just worked. I mean, that's, that happens a lot. You find little clips in post that you didn't even know you had. Um, but I'm trying to do that a lot more. Add in little pieces of comedy into recaps, like stuff that I just kind of generate myself. Um, I think it makes it a little bit more engaging. Like, I love the, the super hypeness of, like, 
hardcore recap videos, but like I want to make it more personable. So like the last one or two video videos ago that I did with D Rex, it was like thirty percent him talking yeah, and then seventy percent cool clips. Mm-hmm. And like that's what I want to start turning. That's where I kind of got the inspiration to do Chops video. Nice. I saw your video and I was just like, that, that brings a different element because it gets like I I can't do the same thing over and over again. Like I'm not a recap guy. Like I'll yeah. do a recap for you, but. I'm just trying to showcase you as you. Exactly. But yeah, that, I got inspired from that. So I was like, you know, choppy and chop, and choppy and chop, but with some awesome clips. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Back and forth, back and forth. Exactly. Now, I think I, I really think that that's how all content should be, especially nowadays, because like, with how the internet is, there's not really any price of entry. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to like build this huge brand to have a presence online. Like, you don't have to put out these amazingly high quality recap videos. You just need to put yourself out there. And if who you are is something that the community can latch onto and something people can look up to and somebody that people are entertained by, you know, whether it's like you're super um, charismatic and people just love to listen to you talk and be you, or you're like super attractive and people just like looking at you, like whatever your thing is, if it's there, you're going to win. Like, as long as you're putting yourself out there, like, even if it, it's just a raw clip of you saying a joke or, like, just saying something funny or just even just being you and just, like, being real about something, like, that's what's going to make people win in my mind. Oh, yeah. Gen- being genuine. Exactly. And Super genuine. Too. Not everything has to take forever to make, like, 10-hour clip. Like, you don't have to edit for 10 hours and have, like, two-second clip and you all of a sudden you're heartbroken because it didn't do as well as you thought it would. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's consistency, and- man. Put it all out. True. And even these big wig companies like Nike, like if you see some of the things they're making now, it's just like, as a videographer, you're like, that didn't cost much to make. Mm-hmm. Like, that was extremely simple. I mean, you would think that. I mean, I guess you don't really know exactly yeah, what was into too. it. Because I have true. a lot of people that are like, oh man, let's shoot this video. It'd be super simple to shoot, like 10 minutes. And I'm like, ah, uh, yes, but no. Like, the idea is there. So that, like, if we have it completely detailed and all written out, it is simple. It's more simple. But it's still not necessarily simple. Like we can't just like show up, hit record, and go at it. Like we've got to find the right frame. We've got to set all our settings. We've got to set up lights. We've probably got to do about five or six takes. And then you know, if you want it exactly how it's written, and then you know, and then editing isn't necessarily just like put the clip in and then send it to you. I mean, there's there's a lot more that goes into it that people don't see. And, like, I don't try to put that in people's faces because I'm still really underpriced with what I do. Um, so I don't really want people to know how underpriced I am. If I were to break it down by hour, it, it would seem like not that much. But, um, but yeah, there's a lot of time that goes into even just small clips. You don't necessarily have to spend a whole day on it, but there's still a lot more that you need to do to make it, you know, quality to the next level that people won't necessarily see unless they've put together multiple edits. And like, I mean, I, I've worked on some videos where it was just one clip and there was no editing really, like no at least cuts or anything. It was just one scene, one clip. I mean, it still took me two hours to make it look and sound decent. I mean, audio engineering is probably one of the hardest tasks that I have right now. Like I had a shoot um, a couple weeks ago on, uh, it was like Christmas, a couple days before Christmas Eve or something. And I was supposed to leave that day on a trip. And I was like, okay, I'll go do this shoot at 2 o'clock. It'll go from 2 to 3. I'll come home. They wanted a 24-hour return on the video. I was like, no problem. I'll come home. It'll take me two hours at most to put it together. I'll just throw all the clips together. 
make it sound nice. You know, I know I have one portion that'll be a great voiceover and then I can just put some B-roll clips over top. Super simple, I'll still leave that day. I ended up getting home at like three or 3.30 and then I worked on this video until about six in the morning. And like, I got right to work and I didn't stop because I was like, I gotta leave tonight. I've got an eight hour drive and I've gotta make it all the way to my hometown and I really wanna go tonight because it's Christmas Eve. Or so yeah, it was on, it was the day before Christmas Eve because I wanted to make it there and be in my hometown all day Christmas Eve. But yeah, I got home and this two hour edit that I thought you know was gonna be easy ended up taking me oh, 15 or 16 hours because of the audio engineering because she said um so many times and it was such an emotional shoot that like she was crying and sniffling and then all of a sudden, you know, it, it quadrupled the amount of time it took me to edit just because of the sound engineering that I had to do. Jeez. So little things like that, that nobody will ever realize that I did. Nobody will realize I changed up the audio so much. By watching the video, you'll never get that sense. But legitimately, I spent probably about five or six hours just on audio. Like, that's the kind of things people don't see. And if you didn't shoot it perfectly, you've got a bunch of editing coming up. <laughs> I hear you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, I'm glad you took us on that kind of road because that's very true. Like, people think it's just like, all right, we're going to pay you money and, you know, we need it by this date and we don't really care. In yeah. sense, you know what I mean? They're hiring you just to take care of all of it, you know? And sometimes it does go well. Sometimes it takes two hours and you're fine and you're just like, oh, I'll yeah. next. But sometimes it gets really, to me, it gets emotional. Like, I got to figure, because in the sense I'm creating art, so I have to, like, I have to really, really like appreciate what I'm doing and like really love it for me to put it out. Mm -hmm. I don't really want to half-ass it and then all right, here you go because then that reflects poorly on me. Yeah, yeah, hundred so percent. Emotional part. So that's got to be content with it. And that's the tough. hard thing about art, though, is like every time you make something, it's got to be better than the last one. Yeah, that's true. It's really hard to post something that's not as good as the last video you posted. Like you almost just want to scrap it and like start over and like one of my favorite quotes about success is. Success is just another opportunity to prove yourself. That's really all it is. It's not like you're going to make it and then you're just set. Like, oh, I'm on top of the mountain, chilling in my recliner. This is it. I'm good for the rest of my life. No. When you create something phenomenal that gets two million views, what's next? People aren't just satisfied. It's always what's next. So you just got to keep creating, keep getting better, and just keep putting more and more time in it. And the time is really all it is. Like, like I kind of said with the price to entry, there's no price to entry other than your time. Can you put in 16 hours a day? You know, even if you have another job, can you put in eight hours at your job and then another four to five hours every single night after your job just to get better? And not necessarily making money. Like that's the hardest part is like that first year to where you don't make anything. You know, how are you going to be 100% passionate about something that's taking up so much of your time and you're not making a living from it. Like you're doing more than a full-time job but not getting paid really anything, not even getting paid enough for part-time. How do you do that for a full year? Because after a while, you're going to start getting paid what you're worth. Mm -hmm. But until then, like, how do you keep that fire 100% lit? And I think that's what makes most people fall off. You know, they're like, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this. But it's more so they want to do it because it looks cool. You know, it's clout or, you know, that would just be a, a better job than what I have now. Well, you can't just go apply for this and then the next day you get the job and then you're just doing it all of a sudden. You're making a paycheck in two weeks. Like, no, you're going to try it. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. Then you're going to make something cool. Then you're going to fail a bunch more. And then you're going to start making a little money. 
and then it, it just slowly levels up. Like, I mean, when I started, it was 100% free content, you know? And then I, I got paid for one gig. And then, you know, it was like 25% paid, 75% free. And then, you know, I just kept working and working and changing that ratio. You know, it's not overnight. It's kind of like fitness, though. You know, you have this muscle to fat ratio, and you don't expect, like, say, you decided tonight, New Year's resolution, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch up this ratio. I'm going to get a better fat to muscle, muscle ratio, and I'm going to be healthier. Well, you just, like, win in 100%. You're not going to wake up the next day and have that ratio just completely flip-flopped. Same with business, you know, it's, it's been a slow but steady marathon. And like even now, I don't do 100% paid work. And I probably won't ever do 100% paid work because there's certain things you could do to where what you get from it is better than a paycheck. Oh my gosh, yes. 100%. And so I think just keeping that in mind it is definitely a, a key to success. I talked to some guys that like haven't made it yet, but they're in this industry and they're making videos. They're like, oh, there's no way I would do free work. I'm not doing anything for free. And I'm like, sounds like a big ego you've got there. It sounds like we won't be seeing you in a couple years either. 100%. Exactly. Like, I'm sorry. I feel bad because you're not going to make it. Like, you even have a cool style, but I can just tell you're not going to make it because I know what it takes because I'm still in the process. Like, I've still got years and years before you know, I'm happy with my skill set. And then once I get there, I'm sure I won't be happy with it. I want to be better and better. Then come the production companies and so on. <laughs> exactly. You know, you're always ready for the next level. You're never really content. But um, I am content doing what I'm doing, 150%. I'm very content. I love doing this every day. Um, I love spending 16 hours a day working because it doesn't feel like work. I get to, at least right now, you know, I don't have a, an office or anything like that. So I get to wake up and be at home with my dogs like wake up and take my time in the morning. I could go to the gym if I want, or I can wait till later in the day. Um, I can kind of take every day as how I feel. You know, I don't necessarily have to go do anything. Like, yeah, I may have a shoot scheduled, but I mean, in essence, I could reschedule it. If I really didn't feel right that day, mm-hmm. I could reschedule it and I'm not going to get in trouble. True. And I love being able to do that. I love doing exactly what I want every single day. Sounds like you have a cool boss. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. That's kind of a douchebag sometimes, but no. <laughs> this is funny. No, I don't think I could actually work for anybody. I mean, like, I could work with people. Like, I'm great on teams and stuff like that. But to, like, have a boss that I do exactly what they say and, like, I follow, like, their line of rules and, like, I don't know, man. I'm just too much of a free spirit. I just can't do it nowadays. Like, How long have you been doing videography for? Um, so next month will be two years full time. Yeah, it's, it's been a ride. But um, before that, I worked as a personal trainer for five years Dang. and um, always on my own. I, I did work for Snap for a little bit, Snap Fitness, but that was, I really didn't like it. I did that for a little extra money on the side because they would kind of just give me clients easily. I wouldn't have to make sales or anything. Um, so that was more so me being lazy, but I still got to do it the way I want. I was basically just like a, the way I see um, personal trainers is basically like their own freelancers. Even if you're employed by a company, you still write up the programs, you still schedule the clients. It's basically your own business. But 90% of my personal training career was just freelance. I ran out of a private facility, made my own sales, did everything my own way. Um, I was really blessed with a mentor when I first started for the first two years, um, this doctor that I worked underneath, and he just kind of like taught me the ways and I ran with it. But, um, and then even before that, I was a, a subcontractor for like an auto maintenance company. And so I worked for myself doing that. So I, I've been on my own forever, man. And I just like, there's I, no other way. Yeah. <laughs> there's no turning back. I always wanted to get like 
so like right after I got out of high school and I started working basically for myself, I always wanted to get like hand tats because right after we graduated high school, or at least when I graduated, it was still this, uh, like this huge stigmatism of like, if you have tattoos, you're not gonna get a job. You can't go work in the restaurant industry. Like 10 years ago, you wouldn't even have been able to work here. True, very true. So, like, that was, like, my way. If I got hand tats of, like, never going back. Dang. Like, permanently putting these symbols on my hands to where I know that I'll never be able to get another job again. Now it's different. Now I could go work anywhere with hand tats. Like, or even face tats, really. True. Like, everything's so much different now. But that was, like, my idea of, like, okay, there's no going back. This is me taking a leap to where I have to make it now. Like, there's no other way. I can't go get a job. There's no fallback plan. Luckily, I never got hand tats because right. I was still pretty young I feel then. Like there will be a point in your life, maybe. I don't know. Maybe coming up. We'll oh, see. no. I, don't, I oh, want no, them. No. I still want oh, them. I, okay. I want to get some sacred geometry going down my forearm onto the top of my hand. I really that want that. Sick. I was cutting that video for Carly, and I saw the, all her hand tats and stuff in slow motion. I was like, yeah. that is sick. Yeah, she's got a really cool style. She's a, she's a Lady Gaga DJing. That's mm-hmm. the only way I can put it. That dude, that edit that you made for her was super cool. And that song, that song that she, she put out fire are those all her lyrics do those you know are all her lyrics those are all her. so like when she came out with that like i've been holding on to carly's uh footage for a while just because like when i first started you know videography it was this past summer like first like like trying to be like as a company as an entity like and i knew my skill wasn't to that level because i know she wanted something amazing and i was just like all right carly all right you just send me the song and whenever you send me that song we'll get ready so she ended up sending me this song you know a couple months later and then i was just like it's time. It's time nice. to release some of this footage. I mean, it's still obviously there's still some choppiness to it, and it's not professional, like extremely professional. So it's like I thought it was. It was I thought it was. I thought it was definitely next level for you. Like I oh, seen yeah. that, and I was like, whoa! Like you, it almost looked like you skipped a level. Like in the last like three or four months, like you made a huge leap. At least in my eyes, like the last the last two videos you've done, I've really really liked. Appreciate, appreciate. And like again, that's all. It's all editing. Like that's all just like the way that you like chopped it to the beat and like certain special effects in like specific spots that I was just like, this is like, this is really where it starts to take that turn to where like, yeah, you're passionate about it and you love it, but like now you're passionate about it and you're really good. Like this is, this is where like you finally make that, that next level to where it's like, ah, it's a hobby. It's a hobby. And now it's like, whoa, Mm -hmm. this is a career. Yeah. I'm trying to get some thunder in my bag. Mm -hmm. Trying to get some what? Some thunder in my oh, bag. Thunder, yeah. Bag full of thunder. That's one of my boys' lyrics I heard today. Shout out to El the Don. Music's coming. Nice. <laughs> unreleased. Yeah, unreleased. The teaser. <laughs> no, man. I, like my, it goes back to like my very first Instagram post that I posted. And it's like, when you're meant to do something, it just happens. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't necessarily grow up and say, I want to be a videographer. I'm going to do this. Like, things just pulled you that way. Yeah, it's actually really crazy how I got into it. Um, I haven't really told this story much um, just because, like, again, it's, I'm still in the start of my journey. I know, I know I'm two years in, but I, I feel like I just started still. That's but, a lot of time in, though. Yeah, like, like, a lot of practice. Progressing. It's a lot of progression. Yeah, especially the way that I did it, too. You know, I, I stopped being a personal trainer. Um, I still have one client left, so I can't say I'm fully retired but I, I got myself completely out of that and devoted all of my time to videography. And yes, I am blessed to be in a position to where I can live a life with very little means. Like, I, I don't go out, I, I'm not a drinker. Um, I, I don't really do much. Like, I just chill, like with my dogs. I, I don't even own a TV. Like, 
I really don't spend money on anything. So I, I'm blessed to be able to have that kind of life to where I'm okay with it. And so I literally can just take all the money I have and put it right back into my business. Or if I'm not making much money, it's not a huge stressor to me. It's like, like a plus though. When you put it back in your, whenever I put money back into what I'm doing, it's just like, I'm not wasting any money. Mm-hmm. I'm just that next level. Yeah. It just goes right to your goal. Like there's not really, there's not much that I could spend money on that would help me get closer to my goals. And that's the way I see it. Like last, last January I did leave and go to California um, for almost a month. And it, yes, it was a, it was an easy way to waste a lot of money, but I got some good exposure. I got some good work out there and I got inspired. That was the biggest thing was like, you know, I was staying like five minutes away from Venice beach and also five minutes away from Venice beach golds, like my favorite gym in the world, the most monumental bodybuilding gym in the world. And so to be able to wake up every day and walk to the beach with the, with the energy of the ocean, just hitting me in the face and then be able to walk right over to Gold's Gym and get a workout in next to like some of the biggest bodybuilding stars in the world. Like that, that was like, like some of the best inspiration I've ever had. I came back and I was on fire. Like I was just ready to go. Do you have footage from them? Yeah, I actually, I shot an entire travel video um, when I was in Venice and I haven't edited any of it really. Like I put together like 30 seconds, I think so far when I was there. And I haven't touched it. You got a bunch of projects to come back to. I know, I know. Once you get bored once the season goes. Well, I shot it all with my iPhone actually when I was there. I had an Osmo Mobile. Okay. Um, and that was, was the first. Good. Yeah, it worked really good, especially with the iPhone, like 4K, 240 frames per second. Like, I I shot some really great clips. I've just never got back into it. Yeah. How's the file transfer over into? The computer. That's why I never worked on that project. Really? Because it took me like four weeks to get all the stuff off my Apple phone onto my Windows computer. Oh, dang. Yeah, so once it got that far into it, I was just like, I don't even feel like working on this now. Or just go back and just get the clips you want. Yeah. I mean, I would love to put together the travel video I wanted from it. But, um, again, there was just so many, like, failures in that, that whole shooting process of it. Like, I took took my drone with me, which was a huge inconvenience because it took up so much room in my bag. And uh, I was worried about breaking it because I couldn't bring the whole case. I just had to like stuff the drone into my bag. And uh, so I brought that with me. And then I only had one chance to fly it. And when I flew it, for some reason it didn't record. So I flew it for like 20 minutes, used up all my battery, and then went back home and there was nothing there. And I literally had to leave the next day to come back to Michigan. So the whole time I was there, I got zero drone footage, but I took my drone with me. So little things like that, and I was just unmotivated to finish that video. I hear you. I saw, same here with the Puerto Rico footage. I have a lot of Puerto Rico footage. I've only exclusively used it for uh, Ming, my boy Trizzy, mm-hmm. for his music. But I've been meaning to make little travel vlogs about it, but it's just, there's so much file. There's so many, sometimes it's so daunting because there's so much, so many files you have to put in place and how you can put it together and I had my gimbal out there I had my uh, my Ronin I never used it really Not once did I use it just too much work to carry it around with you just, yeah we were always exploring I was traveling light and I was just like man even at the concert we, uh, he performed that I was like didn't use it I got so into handheld nice and I was going through that phase I guess and it's just on like traveling light is perfect yeah you got to like I mean this this is all I really take now if it's a concert I'll take this and I'll take like oh one of my Luma lights. Mm-hmm. That's all. I like how you have two hot shoe mounts on that. On this one? Yeah, because it's that side handle. 
Yeah, I didn't even know until like after. Oh, five. there's two on this. So you got three total on there right yeah. now. Sick. And not to mention, I have a little, um, a little extension that comes out, and you have two other, three other hot shoes. So nice. I really wanted to. I just picked this one out. I haven't put <laughs> this on my Ronin yet, but I'm kind of curious. I might just keep my Canon on that, just because. I would try it, dude. I bet that would look pretty cool. Because like the way that those, um, those Sony's focus, like, dude, I bet you get some butter shots with this camera and this plus a, a gimbal. Oh yeah, I'm excited for that. And there's like already stabilizer in it. It's already stabilized. Like if you turn it on, it like. Yeah, it's got the OSS in it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, and it. Oh, I didn't know they put a Zeiss lens inside this. That's literally my favorite company. Um, Zeiss, in I think it was the 1930s, made the first microscope. Dang. It was either microscope or telescope. Don't quote me on that. I'm not 100%. But they were the first company to make the lenses for those. So just to know there's a cool backstory behind Zeiss lenses is kind of fascinating. And they've been around for so long. And like that's my go-to lens. I use a 35mm Zeiss like 99% of the time. Really? Yeah. I just That's what I run with. On the Sony, do you have like an attachment for it or does it come ready for it? It, it has the same mount. It has the E-mount. So yeah, Zeiss works um, compatible with the Sony Alphas. Oh man, it's full frame too, so it's perfect. And it's small. I mean, look at that little thing on my camera. I know. It's that tiny little lens. It's nice. <laughs> I see a lot of a lot of people in this industry. They want the biggest lens and they want to look the most professional. And I'm running around with a tiny A7S2 with a super small lens on it. Just the whole thing's compact. But trained eye though, it's like that guy knows what he's doing though. Yeah, absolutely. But to anybody else, it just looks like a super tiny little camera, but it's my favorite camera on the market right now. Like, I would take this over the 1DX Mark II really? any day. Like, yes, the only bad thing about it is, like, the 120 frames per second setting does crop it into the APS-C sensor. So it's, it's a smaller sensor, and it crops your frame. And the 1DX Mark II has a full frame when you're using 120 frames per second. So, yes, there's that benefit. But, man, this Sony, the Sony Alpha series, they're just so small, and they do so much. And... uh I've even seen a, a full-length feature film that was in theaters that was filmed exclusively on the Sony a7S II, and you can't even tell the difference. Dang. Between like a $50,000 yeah, cinema camera versus an a7S II. Dude, the things are coming out. I've seen those videos where they're all shot on iPhones. Out. Yeah, even it's that. Like that's movies. fascinating. So it's like, move over, Canon and all this stuff. <laughs> like, like, if we're at that age, like, back to Gary Vee, we're at that age where, I mean, anyone can get into it. Mm-hmm. Like, you have your you have your small production companies, you know, as your, yourself. You have GarageBand, you have video editors, you know, you can do your own thing. Yeah, everybody can. Exactly. Like, there's no excuse on why you should not be putting out content um, On the today. daily. Yeah, on the daily. Like, I went over the strategy, strategy session an hour ago with this guy that was like, you know, I want to make vlogs, but he's not doing it. And I'm like, okay, well, we need to, to dissect why you're not doing it. We need to reverse engineer that and figure out a way that you can do it. Because it's not just the fact that you need ideas. It's the fact that you need to develop the habit of being able to actually do it. And we developed this plan that was as simple as setting up this, this makeshift set in his house. You know, one light, camera with a microphone and a tripod, and have it all set up and stay right there. Like, he can take the camera off and take it with him throughout the day. But it's always seated right there in his house where all he has to do is flip on the light, hit record, and boom, you can talk. Now you've got something that looks perfectly high quality that you just did yourself and you're not a videographer or anything. 
but it's set up in a way to where you literally just plug and play. You sit down, it's in your house, so you could do it every single night. No excuses. I feel like you can pitch like a, a new device. <laughs> like you gotta do this, this, and then you're good. I like it. I like yeah. It. Well, you just gotta like remove all the friction of why you're not doing it. The it's not the fact that you don't know how to do it or you don't know what to. It's just the fact that you're not doing it. Like a vlog could literally be as simple as you taking your iPhone and getting one clip of you talking and posting it. That's like a, a clip of a vlog. A vlog doesn't have to be your whole day in the life. A vlog could just be you just talking about something that just happened in the day. It's just real experiences from your real life. So to take away all the friction. Speaking about that. What's up, guys? Hey. Big old podcast in here. Sponsored. Live right now. Sponsored by Vitamin Water. Get your vitamins in there. This is not a paid advertisement. <laughs> I like that. I was like, super. this is not a paid advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool man it's like those videos like the, those are my favorite like you got people like on the camera like, scripted is cool I don't deal with too much with scripted things you know because I'm so free flowing and I want to go with the flow and I want to see where your energy's at and you know create up your energy mm-hmm. that's like when I make videos for these artists like Carly or Chop like I want to get to know them first because if I don't know you and I'm making a video for you I'm totally just putting my energy into it yeah and me it's like not their brand me. it's your brand exactly it's like you're presenting them not this is their video it's more so this is just your video mm-hmm. about them mm-hmm. when in essence if you're making the video for them it should be their video exactly so that's like i really like the that's why like these podcasts i love these podcasts because you get to know the people you work with you know mm-hmm. collaborate with so then when you do have you know that future of collaboration you're just like oh this is what Matt's about. Mm-hmm. He likes this. And that way you can kind of like feed into each other's Yeah. Stories. Get into each other's mind a little exactly. bit and just like see it from their perspective. Exactly. So what's like, what's some of your long-term goals with, with video? Like what, what industry do you want to cement yourself in and uh, how do you plan on getting there? So yeah, um, the industry, I still fitness. I say fitness because that's just what I do. That's mm-hmm. who I am. I'm fitness. Like my main, I, number one is fit body. On the south side, this is the other side of me. This is the, this is the internet side of me, mm-hmm. the 3.0 side of me. You know, this is the this is gonna help me in my future businesses. Mm-hmm. This is brand and 3.0 this brand. Is, yeah, this is 3.0 brand. Yep. I'm gonna have my businesses, and I have my businesses working with this brand, this brand itself. So all my videos, all my content's gonna have the 3.0. Mm-hmm. It's all in, it's like in house. Yeah. In house. You're just house. creating different sectors that can all work together. Exactly. Yep. And I'm not necessarily putting all my eggs in one basket. Because what if, you know, the fitness industry dies or something, you know, mm-hmm. we have big or if you just collapse. Or, like, what happened to me? You get hurt, and, like, it's just not the right area for you anymore. Like, I can still train people, but, like, before I got hurt, at least this last time, like, I, I wanted to be the best, the best trainer. You know, I had competed a few times. I wanted to be, you know, one of the best men's physique athletes. Um, I wanted... I had all these fitness goals and once I like had different priorities, I just kind of fell out of the fitness industry. It wasn't really me anymore. Kind of like you say, like the fitness is just me. That's where I was at too. And then just something out of my control happened. And now I I just don't enjoy spending eight hours in a gym every day. Not that I I, I like dislike it. It's just like the fire wasn't there. Like I, I still would love to do that more so than go work at Target. But I wasn't in it 100% anymore. And so I just like, I knew that and I slowly started to pull away as I started letting video pull me in. 
and uh, and just made the transition that way. So like you never really know even when your passion's gonna change. True. You just gotta you run with it. Fire or something else. Exactly. So yeah, I mean that's the long term growth. I'm thinking like Gary Vee terms, like 20 years from now be something. So you want to be more so on the influencer side of things yes. in fitness. Yes, I want to be overall just as a person. Mm-hmm. Like I think I'm in a position right now where I've kind of I'm kind of rooted in this community. And I really believe, like, win your community, then you can win the rest. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, who's going to support you more than where you're from? You know, like your family. Like, who else is going to support you more than your family? So, win here. I love these kids. They got my back. They love 3.0. Nice. I have, like, a little gang of just, like, Justin Bieber fans that just love 3.0. That's cool. And I'll bring special guests in, and they'll just go crazy. And, like, you know, they just love it. And then I work with the older population, too, at FitBody. Mm-hmm. And they're exposed to my stuff as well. So, it's like... I got the younger population, the older population, then I have all my buddies in the middle. Yeah, where you, where exactly you are. Exactly. So yeah. we're all on Instagram. So in my head, I'm thinking, I'm working on all three of these platforms, and I'm rooting myself to one day eventually, you know, sprout that tree that's gonna like define me as a person for the mm-hmm. rest of my life. I mean, truthfully, I think it's already sprouted. I just think it it's you know slowly digging your roots deeper and deeper. You know, that's like the reason why I say I think you're already sprouted is because you already have this audience, because you're already doing it. And like you're on the exact path you need to be to get to the goal that you just described to me. And so, I mean, I think just starting kind of sprouts you out and like having your name out there. But I mean, it takes 100 years for a tree to grow. It's kind of the same way. Your your roots just slowly spread and spread and spread. And you just you cover the world, man. Cover the world with your roots. True. And I'm not trying... This sounds funny. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll just... You know, the crazy thing is, too, is just like, yeah, you know, there's a certain vanity to me. There's certain, you know, everyone's got a little something of that. And I do like to, you know, be the center of attention sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I think I've gotten to that point in my life where it's like, you got to get out the limelight and you got to help other people. Like, there's... The biggest way to win is by helping other people win. Like, I'm turning into... I like being the assist guy, man. I'd being rather the, have being dope, the what? Assist guy. Oh, I'd yeah. rather have a dope assist. Like, say we're playing basketball and I do something awesome and crazy and I give you the ball t- for you to score. I'll get more jacked out the fact that you score. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Like, because I know the feeling. You know? Yeah. I know, the, when I know what it feels like to win. Yeah. Like, in a sense, I've won in certain areas. Like, like money's okay. Like, I don't need to, I don't need this to survive. This is a passion, 100% passion. Mm-hmm. Always will be. Once it gets to that point where I feel like I have a boss or when people are like, yeah, I need a return on this right away. Like, I don't think I can work with you. That's just not how my energy flows. Like, you gotta let this develop, man. This is like a, our art. My art's a relationship between me and you, mm-hmm. between your energy. To get all spiritual and fancy with it, but that's how I see this. Once I start getting away from that, then three point isn't three point anymore. It's something else. Four point hey, hey, hey. No, but another sector there. Yeah, the commercial sector. Like, I'm cool with that too. But right now. I think I'm meeting the people, I'm interacting with the people I'm supposed to interact with right now because there's a reason for what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's another spiritual side of me. I'm really into the energy and the yeah. flow of things. And me I mean, too. It's not what happens to how you react to everything. Yeah, absolutely. You can't control anything. I, I think that's true um, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can do a lot to control what happens to you. True. Um, not fully, but... Like, in the sense that you can kind of control who you put yourself around, who you work with. Situations. Yeah. And I, I guess not a lot of us can do that because a lot of people are stuck going to jobs and being around people they don't choose to be around. Mm-hmm. But that was one of my biggest motivators to get out of that world, to get out of the employer, employee world. When did you start world. that? How old were you when you started that? Because I think people just catch on late, too. 
Yeah, well, I think you can catch on to any time. I think oh, you, yeah, can you can s- definitely catch on any time. Yeah. Like, when did you start that? Um, 19, I think. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's early to be thinking that woke. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Again, I was really blessed that I just happened to get an opportunity to... Well, actually, you know what? I can't even say that it was 100% a blessing because I, I had tore my ACL, and which got me out of the factory job I was working. I was only there for a few months, but it was the only job I could get at the time. Um, I had to pay rent. It was me and my girlfriend living together, and we had to have money. And she was working as a waitress, and I found this job in a factory. Hated it. Worst thing in the world. Hated my life. And uh, I tore my ACL, so I couldn't work for a couple months. And then I went back to school to become a CNA. I was like, well, if I'm going to have to go out and look for another job, I want to at least choose somewhat of the job I, I end up doing. I want to at least have a say in it, not just go apply and apply and apply and take whatever I can get and whoever will hire me, but I want to choose to get this certification and then become a CNA, and I chose to do this. Like Even if I hate it, I still chose to do this. And then um, right before I finished um, that certification, I got the job as like the subcontractor for the auto maintenance company and then really started working by myself. And I, I worked entirely on the road, so I had no other employees around me. It was just me, and that, one, that was when I was like, whoa, I can control my energy all the time. Like, I get to choose who I can be around. Like, if I want somebody to ride along with me for the day, like one of my good friends, because they, they make my day better, like, I can do this now. Or like, I used to um, have my dog with me all day long. Like, the first two years of my dog's life, he didn't leave my side. There was not a second he left my side. That's how you raise kids right there. Seriously. Oh, yeah. If I would have raised a kid that way, oh, that kid would be on the road to success. <laughs> but now I have a dog who's the most well-behaved dog I've ever had in my life. And it was all because I had the freedom to do that. And so I think people really need to get a taste of that freedom. I don't think very many people have actually felt what it feels like to do whatever you want every single day. And it's, it's a wonderful life because you really you don't have to care what anybody thinks. Because you're not scared about losing your job because you said something or posting a picture and your boss looking at you wrong so he demotes you or like you don't get that raise or you don't get that promotion. Like I'm just who I am 24-7. Like I'm just going to be me and if somebody doesn't want to work with me because they don't like my attitude or the things I do or like certain aspects of me, that's fine. That's totally cool. Like I want to be really picky with who I work with. And uh, I, I am one... To believe that you need to like dip your toes in all you know the different oceans and like you know try every aspect of your job so like I have shot a little bit of everything but that's just to see what I want to do like now I know certain things that I never want to shoot again because it was not fun like what um like I did try the whole scripted thing to where I worked with a company to um shoot a whole commercial and it it was a great learning experience and I, I had a lot of fun doing it but it taught me that these bigger productions that are just so many people on set and everything is scripted out to the T, like even the camera movement, like it it does end up in an amazing end result, an amazing product that you can deliver to the client. But it taught me that if it pays really good, I might reconsider and might do it. But at the same time, it's not something that I'm going to be passionate about. Like, again, like you said, with the whole commercial thing, it's not necessarily something you're interested in. If the right opportunity presents itself in the future, you know, you'll rethink it. And same thing here. Like, I don't necessarily want to get into the feature film industry because I don't like that kind of stuff. I don't like something completely scripted out that somebody else wrote. Like, my favorite part is sitting down and, like, coming up with new ideas for videos, like, from start to finish. I want to 
I want to come up with the concept in my own mind, figure out how to shoot it, write up the script, go out there and execute it, and uh, you know, use trial and error on different shots, and then come home and develop the story and post, and, and you know, just kind of go through it from start to finish, because I like the creative aspect of it, not the show up on set, do your job, and go home. Right, this is what we need. This exactly. is what we need. Don't put anything into it. Exactly. Nah. Like, not yeah, about that life. this is exactly what we want. Here's every detail. And now it's just your job just to make it happen. Like, yes, that's cool, and it pays good money, and there's a lot of work there, but not really for me. Is it going to be f- – it's not fulfilling. Exactly. Again, it's kind of like you're just going to work every day. Like, I could do maybe, like, one of those every few months as long as it's only, like, a two- to three-day shoot. But there's no way I could get, like, full-time into shooting scripted commercials. Like, if I was the one designing them and yeah, I came up with the concept, hey, 100%. Let's I need go. I crew now. You guys are going to do what I don't want to do. Exactly. I got a crew <laughs> No, just kidding. I like to delegate a lot. I'm a delegator. What's, uh, so with the media stuff, what's your, what's your plan to, like, grow? Is there any industries you really want to tackle, like, other than music and fitness? Like, anything you kind of want to try out? Hmm, that's a good, yes, 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 dance. Nice. Yes. I've seen some awesome videos. I've, yeah. You should look up this guy named uh, Brazil. 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 He uh, he used to film skating, and that's how I met him. And uh, do you still skate? Yeah, a little bit. Um, not as much as I, I have in the past. Yeah. I'd like to get into shooting skating. Actually, dude, it's so much fun. I saw some of your videos. I was just like, wow. Just to put a slow mo on something like that. Just the the, the aesthetic of it. Mm-hmm. That's why I like to shoot. And it's so entertaining because nobody, like, ninety nine percent of the world can't do that. Like what you just showed them, like, yeah, most of the world can't do that. So to be able to watch it is pretty cool. Yeah, like my first Instagram, I got in trouble for, which is like a parkour Instagram, where I just do a lot of fitness parkour mm-hmm. related things. I do like flips off walls into like a burpee or like, I would, I have some of the stuff on there before I deleted it, but that just was so fun for me, just trying to like raise level of mm-hmm. fitness. Just a different way. Yeah, just do it different. Yeah. That's my main goal. Every time someone comes into Fit Body, it's 30 minutes of like all out, like you're going to have fun. Mm -hmm. You're only working out for like 20 minutes, but I'm going to make it fun for those 20 minutes. That's cool. What's the biggest thing you get out of being a personal trainer? The biggest thing I get out of personally, like talking about selfish reasons, like what do you get out of it? Why why do you love it? It's a show. You, you like being in charge? You yeah. like like performing and like entertaining them to make it a fun experience? Exactly. I always grew up as like, I wanted to be like Macaulay Culkin. Like nice. I, my personality was just always big growing up. Like that's why I got into this and that's why I started off like little vlogs and stuff. Eventually it's going to grow into something bigger. Maybe like a mini series or a show mm-hmm. where I taste beers around town. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be anything. Look at Rory, Rory Kramer got that that show. I think it was on Showtime. That or HBO. To where he was just making vlogs and just documenting his life and they were like, yo, Let's make an actual TV show. And they gave him, I don't, I forgot how many episodes, but like, yeah, it was just like, well, you do interesting stuff and like you make pretty good production for videos. So like, here's the TV show. There you go. And that's what a couple of buddies out in LA are doing right now with On The Bud Podcast who I got kind of collaborate and help them out with a lot of stuff. That's just through Instagram, like messaging. I was like, I'm coming to New York City. Let's collab. And they're like, okay. And blah, blah, blah. You know, things go from there. But I don't know where I went with that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with the whole media thing, do you want to create something that's more so to document your life or to help other people document their life? Like in, in the end goal, like this company, do you want to use it more so to help get your image out there? 
like kind of creating a streamlined process to where it's easy just to put out your own content? All of it, I would say. Okay. Right now, it's kind of evolving. It's one of those things where I was like, I just got to do it. Yep, and then just see where it leads you? Exactly. Nice. Because, I mean, I'm in video production right now, I guess you can say. Like, I don't like to label myself, but I had to find the need to because people ask so many questions. Yeah. You got to have that mission statement. That's the biggest yeah. thing is when someone goes, hey, what do you do? You need to be able to hit them with something that's so confident that, like, True. they're just like, oh, oh, yeah, that is what you do. Like, oh, okay, now I know exactly who you are and what you do and what you're about. Like, I'm in the stages of that. Mm -hmm. Just kind of developing and, like, finding exactly who you are in this industry. Exactly. Nice. That's interesting. And seeing how I fit and creating my own lane. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be, like, oh, 3.0s like this mm -hmm. or 3.0s like this. I want to be so off the different beaten path. It's just, like, here's this guy that created himself, and now he uses that energy to help everybody else. That's cool. But it's really basic in essence. I'm just helping myself help you. Mm -hmm. Well, you, ha you have to help yourself in order to help other people. Like, that's that, that weird combination that it's like com two complete opposites, and especially with how people describe them. Like, if you're helping yourself, people are like, you're selfish. And especially if they're comparing you to somebody that helps other people. And it's like, well, they were in a position to help other people. And if you're not in that position, you need to get yourself there first. True. I mean, it's just like fitness. Like, if you're super out of shape, you're not going to be able to help anybody. They're not going to have confidence that you know what you're doing, so they're not going to have confidence in your plan or you, your program or whatever it is. But if you help yourself first and you show people like, hey, this is what I can do, and I have this evidence, this physical evidence that I carry with me everywhere I go, my body, you know, that, that's proof. You know, that, that's trust. That's confidence. That's... That's faith. That's that's everything you need to be able to help somebody else. And it's just kind of like it's tenfold the amount that you can do once you've helped yourself. I, the way you say, said it like that is perfect. I guess the only way to describe what I want to do is just be a role model. Mm -hmm. You know, show people that you can do it. Like if you have the means of doing something, why are you stopping yourself? Mm -hmm. Why don't you do it? You know, like that's kind of what I've been kind of learning as. I hit 25 and 26 now. 25 was a major turning point where I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, I love fitness, but I'm not going as hard as I can. Wasting time playing video games or just sitting on the couch watching TV or Netflix. Mm -hmm. Like, I go now. Now I can't stand still. Nice. I can't watch a movie. I'm like, I got to do this. I got to do this. Like, I got this idea. This needs to get materialized, manifested. See, that's, so. that's where it gets really fun to where, like, you're on that right path and then, like, that's all you want to do. Like, oh when gosh. you have a little free time, instead of, like, oh, what could I go do? You already have something in your mind. You're like, I want to get this done. Like, I've got, I've got a list of ideas in my phone, in my notes, that, like, I've got videos for months. <laughs> Content for days. Ex exactly. Like, but I just, like, have to find the time to actually create them. So if I, you know, when I do have the time or if I have the time someday, like, that's going to be one of the first things I do because I, I want to create that really bad. I just don't have much free time. But then if I do find the free time, you best bet that's going to be one of the first things I get to. And there's a few ideas, man, that I've been playing with and kind of perfecting that I can't wait to create these videos about. Like, it's going to be some fire stuff coming up once I finally catch up and get out of the editing hole I'm in, if I ever get out of it. Never. Yeah, I always tell people, oh, I got like three videos and I'm caught up. Well, by the time I get those three videos done, I'm going to have four videos. I'm going to have three new shoots or like, it's just a never ending process, man. That's what you gotta, I feel like you're at that point where like eventually you'll probably have to add people to your team. Yeah, I'm looking to real soon. Real, yeah. real soon. Start like a 
like a production company? What would you call it that? Well, not really. A small production company? Um, so I own a company called M3. I haven't done a lot of promoting awesome. for it. Um, it's Music Moves Media, and uh, it's going to be all my music stuff. It's going to it's going to house everything that's music related, really. So concert recaps, concert and music micro content, um, music videos. Um, lifestyle vlogs for music artists, um, festival content, just a little bit of everything music related. And so I want to build that up. But as for like production company, I really want to just stay in the music industry and then freelance out for everything else. So I can be like specifically targeted at the music niche and like really just push my business to go grow specifically in that area. But then I can still do everything else because I still love shooting sports. I shoot for the Grand Rapids or the Great Lakes Wonders and the Grand Rapids Danger, and I absolutely love those two gigs. But I don't necessarily want to like try to grow a production company that's like that encompasses everything because that's what everybody does. You know, people that shoot video just shoot video. Like, no, I want to have a company that just shoots music-related content, so people can come into this city for a concert and know that they're going to leave if they hire us. M3, that they're going to leave the city after their concert with two weeks worth of content to where they know that they're not just getting a really good audience and a really good venue, but they're getting this package of content that they can use. It kind of goes back to that, that pillar content idea. So they have this concert. Well, we should be able to dissect like 20, 30 pieces of content from one concert. Like even an hour long set, we should be able to get a recap video. We should be able to get five 60 second raw videos of like great drops or like really good in the moment clips and then get like five to 10 boomerangs that we made and then get five pieces of really creative micro content. That's like a five second clip that we take into After Effects and like cut you out and like have the background melt and then you fly into space or just like something crazy like that. Just dissecting every bit that you can out of concerts or shows or like I just shot a studio session the other day. Actually, I'm going to post that video um, as soon as I leave here. And it was just documenting them in there making their music. So really just a company based around documenting the entire process of the musical industry. And so I, I just like, I really like the idea of just staying in a certain niche. Like I can still yeah, go do everything. On for that specifically just start by your company. Yeah, yeah, I would love to. I'm still kind of working on the website and, like, all the small details before I, like, really start pushing it. But um, I'm slowly building up the Instagram page for it and doing the small things I need to do. And at least starting. That was the biggest thing was, like... That's, like, same here. I I just got a website a couple weeks ago. Uh, There's nothing on it, really. But at least I got it into play. Exactly. The same thing here. I shout out to Chaw for telling me I needed one to work at electricity. So I was like, all right. Bro, I was using my buddy's... Yeah, they're really strict there. I mean, they check out your work beforehand to make sure you're, you know, legit at what you do and can post quality stuff. And then they've always always made me submit all of my content afterwards to get it approved. Yeah. Um, and they're really strict on, like, when I've shot sets out on the patio, like, I'm not even allowed on the main stage. You know, I've got to put my camera gear away, which, again, it's a pain in the ass for us videographers. <laughs> You know, so I, I want light now, man. Yeah, well, no, he even asked me to put away my bag. Like, he doesn't let me carry anything on me after I'm done shooting. And, uh, you talking about Ferris? Yeah, yeah. He's a super nice guy, but he runs by the books. I tell him that every time. Every time I see him, I'm like, you guys just run things so organized, and I love it. But he I usually have a just. I story about him, but I don't have to tell you after that. Yeah. <laughs> he never says anything back to He's me, cool though. Guy. He just looks at me, and I'm always so, like, 
feeling awkward like do you like me or do you not like me I don't even, we have the same name you've got to like me oh god heck yeah <laughs> what's up guys matt beeler here local videographer from grand rapids michigan you guys are listening to the 3.0 podcast